0: how to handle the truth. Lord, we come to you this morning asking, would you give us the spirit that you have promised to lead us into all truth? And your spirit is the one who will open up your word, open up the knowledge of who you are and your son, Jesus Christ, so that we come to the greater knowledge of who you are and live our life in exactly the manner and the way in which you have purposed each one of us. For you have said... To shine our light so that all men may see and glorify the Father above. Help us, Lord, that we will shine this light by being the very word of God that spoke us into existence and now living in each one of us. And that we will be a reflection of this word because they need to hear you. They need to know you. And we are the voices that we speak, the oracles that we speak your word in this life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. You all remember this. It is our memory verse. Study to show thyself, approve unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divide the word of truth. King James begins with this verse by saying, Study, study. It translates from the Greek word, number one, go fast, number two, full diligence, and number three, act. Fervently before I go into the definition the image that you should have in your mind is the Lord Jesus Christ This is the foundation of all of our learning is the Lord Jesus Christ If you want to know what this is, don't look at yourself Don't look at any human being look at Jesus Christ look at who he was and what he did and how he exemplified this act of study of Getting the Word of God and transmitting the Word of God through himself Go fast. The word actually translate to diligent. Okay, Go fast and don't break things when you go fast. Go fast does not mean that you do things unconsciously. Go fast does not mean that you do things carelessly. Go fast does not mean that you irrespect to everyone else. You just want to get ahead. You want to push everyone aside. Go fast does not mean to stop on the gas pedal. Go fast here means that you need to focus on something and just that alone. Think about it this way. Let's say if I ask Daniel to stand up and now I ask him to quickly open to 2 Timothy chapter 2.15, and then I ask him to quickly open to Psalm 78, and then I ask him to quickly open to Romans 8, and then I ask him to quickly open to 1 Peter 2.15. What is the issue here? You got the first one I asked you? You see what, what's happening here is there's too much information for him to focus on one thing. There are too many things happening in your life. There are too many points that you focus on. And therefore, you cannot be fast. Jesus Christ, he only had one thing in his mind. And that was the cross. That was the Father's will. He lived for the first 30 years, did responsible for, and he accomplished it. And in the last three years, he went straight to the cross. He was diligent. He was fast. How you can be fast at something. If I ask you to do something, for example if I ask you to recite 2 Timothy 2.15. How was he able to recite that so fast? Memorized. Memorized. I want to distinguish between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind has the ability to process information at 40 bits of information per second. Your subconscious mind, on the other hand, is able to handle 20 million bits of information per second. What memorization does is that it takes things from your conscious mind, and then it imprints it onto your subconscious mind. And when you recall things from memory, you are recalling things from your subconscious mind, and therefore it is extremely fast. The reason why we need to memorize the Word of God so that it enters into our subconscious mind so that when the devil comes and tempted Jesus Christ in the wilderness, he doesn't have to go, wait, wait, let me go and look at what you said. No, he already had it in his subconscious mind. It was part and partial of his being. He already had the word of God in him. So when the devil came at him and tempting him with the word of God, he already had it in his being to respond to the devil. It was ready. Now, you and I, we're gonna face the devil all day long. All our lives, even when you sleep, the devil doesn't sleep. You know that the devil doesn't sleep. And if you don't have the word of God as part of your being, then you don't know how to respond to the devil. Eve was in the, in the garden and the devil came and tempted her and she was confused. She didn't have the full knowledge of what she's supposed to, to know. Now, do you have the knowledge of God? Do you have the scripture backing in the back of your mind? Or when we say in the back of your mind, we mean in your subconscious mind. So that when things happen, you are able to react subconsciously at the speed of 20 million bits of information per second rather than 40. Daniel's finger is operating at the subconscious level, which you can't. Physically, we can't operate at the subconscious level. We can only operate mentally at the subconscious level. I can shout out as fast as I can, he's able to recall all that for me. Learning go fast means getting things into your subconscious, but here is the paradox. To go fast, you need to slow down. To get into the point where you get that into your subconscious mind, you need to slow down and get it into your subconscious mind. Let me give you the reason why this is the case. Your brain is very flexible and capable of memorizing things. So you sit down, you open that spread up and you look at five or six verses and you are able to get that into your working memory and into your short-term memory. And when you are asked to recite, you are able to spit that out really quick. We have things in our working memory and we have things in our short-term memory. But to commit things in our long-term memory, what we need to tell our brain is this, is very important. To do that, to tell your brain that this is very important, you need to slow down. Because things go fast, your brain say, it's not important. I do not need to spend energy on this. So we need to slow down. To go fast, we need to slow down. When you study the scripture and when you want the scripture to be with you, you cannot spend five minutes on the scripture. And your brain has been conditioned and formed in such a way that now you are, when you read something, just like Daniel, you are able to get that information into your long-term memory quickly because you're familiar with it. To go fast, you need to slow down. You need to tell your brain that this is very important. It's a supercomputer in your mind. But some of us using supercomputer for something else, I look at the game called Minecraft and I am so lost. I have no idea where to begin. there's so many things. There's so many objects. There's so many different moving parts. It is a multilateral universe. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. I don't know what to do, where to go, where to start. But some of you are so good at it. Some of you, your fingers are moving at the speed of light. You are using your brain, your your supercomputer processing power for games and you know you can do it. Let me ask you, what if you turn your mind, the most precious thing that you have, to the most precious thing that ever existed? The Word of God. What will you be? Who will you be? Let me challenge you with the Word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is a great example. Someone who has the Word of God with Him all the time. Jesus knew the word of God inside out because he committed into his long-term memory. It is part of his subconscious. He is the word of God. He spoke the word of God and we need to learn from him. Romans 2.11 says, be not slothful in business. The word business here means things that we do, not just business as in transaction with money. The word business here is everything that you do, do not be slothful. Fervent in spirit, the, the difference between slothful and fervent is how we handle the Word of God. Now, are you sloppy when it comes to the Word of God? Are we sloppy when we read? I just need to do my five minutes of reading today, so I'm just going to go through it really fast. And after I went through it, I don't remember a single thing that I read. Be not slothful in business, but be fervent in spirit. Slow down. Look at every word. Look up every word. Examine everything. Commit it into your memory. Serving the Lord, that's how we serve God. Study fast is not the careless acquisition of information for the sake of learning, but careful study with determination. You're gonna sit down and say, I will learn this today. There's a king called Methodist. He was so fearful of being poisoned by his subjects. He ingested poison at very low dosage. And he did it to the extent that he could not be poisoned anymore. It is now called mithridism. It is a process of slowly ingesting things that are harmful to you so that you could be immune to it. Now, to us, the word of God is poison. It's poisonous because it will change you completely. It will change you. And therefore, when we look at the Bible, some of us look at the Bible, we avoid it like poison. Oh, it's too complicated. It's too hard. It's too difficult. But if you slow down and you take a little bit at a time, the devil will try to kill you because of all ignorance. But if you fortify yourself with the word of God, then you can, just like Jesus in the wilderness, you can face him and you can face him with the word of God. And the word of God is said to be sharper than any two-edged sword. Secondly, go fast. Full diligence to show oneself approved unto God by demonstrating the mastery of information. Christian, we can't just simply regurgitate what's in the Bible. We need to understand what it means. The mastery of the word of God means you understood it, not just memorizing it, but understanding it. The first process of understanding something is that you get that information. To understand something, you need to think about it. And for you to think about it and have to refer back to the Bible all the time is going to consume a lot of time, and therefore you can't go fast. Commit this into your memory and then think about it. Just like a math problem, if you keep having to look at the math problem on paper, then you cannot solve that math problem while you're walking about. The memorization of the Word of God allows you To have that word in your mind so that it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. You can recall it, you can think about it, and you can put things together. You can learn from it and make conjectures, formulate your thoughts and your behavior according to what the word of God, it becomes part of you. When you first learn to drive a car. You get into the car and then you remember your instructor's voices. Just your rear view mirror, adjust your side view mirror, adjust your seat, put your seatbelt on, unlatch your parking brake, put your hands on the handlebar, turn around, look in the back, go reverse. And every time you get into the car, you do those things. But then what happened? You get familiar with those process. The next time you get in there, you go... It becomes part of your subconscious. You don't have to think about it. Now you're on a a racetrack. Now you're going at more than 100 miles per hour. Now there are multiple cars in multiple lanes. How can you react that fast? It has to be part of your subconscious if you wanna go fast. The Word of God has to be part of our fabric our being. It has to be part of the word that you speak. It has to be formed by the Word of God. The reason why the Lord Jesus Christ is called the Word of God because he spoke the word of God. It was part of him. Everything that he spoke was was the word of God. The New Testament, read the apostles in the New Testament. You realize they are speaking the scripture, the Old Testament. It is in their speech, it is in what they wrote, what they're saying, it is the New Testament. If you have the word of God in you, in your mind, in your heart, it changes you. It becomes the fabric of who you are. And when you speak, you're speaking the word of God. That's what you need to do. That's what mean, what means by being full diligence. Not just studying it and then forget it the next moment, but having it inside of you. And the word, John chapter 1 verse 14 said, And the word was made flesh. It was Jesus Christ incarnate this voice of God, this Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us and now this Word of God is in us and how does it get into us? By us studying, memorizing, getting into our mind, into our subconscious, change the whole fabric of who we are and now we become the voice of God. We become and when we don't speak ourselves, we speak Christ. Just as Christ, the Word of God that became flesh, you and I, we need to become Christ by having this Word internalized in us, in our minds, in our subconscious, that the Word of Christ will transform you. And when the Word of God has transformed us, you become the Word of God. We have the Word of God because we speak the Word of God. The moment we stop speaking the Word of God, we no longer are. So when the Word of God has come through us. Thirdly, act fervently, Acts 2.22. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. Act fervently. Study having it in you. Change you. You are now become part of the fabric of the Word of God. Become united when we have the Word of God shared among us. And now the thing that will make us approve unto God is what we do. See, the Lord Jesus Christ was approved by God not because of him speaking the word of God, but him performing the word of God. Acting fervently means we need to put the application onto our hands. We need to work the field. We need to do the things that we have been taught, not just studying it. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman. God approved Jesus of Nazareth through what he did. The work that Jesus Christ did is the work that we should do. His ministry, Jesus demonstrated the power of God's truth. When the word of God is in you, the demonstration of that power is through your action. Without laying on of hand, there is no healing. There's no forgiveness of sin. We need to preach the gospel for them, to hear the gospel, for them to believe. There has to be action. Seek to be approved by God, not because of things that we do, men will not approve. Don't seek men approval. Seek God approval. A workman that is approved by God, not by men. How do you confront the truth? A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Number one, confidence. When you are approved by God, you have the confidence to know that it doesn't matter what men say. God approved me. God says, I am righteous before him. You don't have to get the approval by man. Peter chapter 1 verse 10 said, Wherefore, the rather, brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. How do you know that God approved you? It's the word of God. If you do what the word of God says, God approves you. He already said, do this, follow my son, obey my son, then I will approve you. Workmen workman approved by God then we know that if you obey the Scripture, if you obey the Word of God, God approves you. And when God approves you, you're, you're, not, you're not ashamed. You're not confounded. The devil cannot say, well, God isn't like you. You say, what? The Word of God says, God approved me because I obey the Scripture. You see how you can counteract the argument of the devil. If you don't know something, uncertainty will get you. How do you know? Those are your parents there. You have any evidence? Oh, my birth certificate. How do you know that your birth certificate were not doctored? Men and people will tell you all kinds of things. How do you know that you're not just dreaming right now? How do you know that next moment you wake up and you're still in bed? And church hasn't started and you start sweating. Wait a minute. I sat in there for half an hour and now I'm still in bed. I still need to go to church. Have you ever had those dreams? That you got up, you brush your teeth, you dress up, and you're about to get into the car and then you wake up again. Wait a minute. What? No. That's how Descartes formulated that famous saying, I think, therefore I am, that he knew that he wasn't sleeping. Uncertainty. Information needs to be verified. And God verifies information when you get that information from the Bible. When you live according to the Bible, then God says, I validate you. I verify this is what you do. If you conform your life to the Bible, God verifies. God validates you and He says that you are approved. There's a seal of God. There's no uncertainty. Diligence is the act of the truth, is acting that truth is the matter, the substance. You need to have confidence in your calling and election by studying. If you don't study, there's no grade. No one will give you a grade. If you study, God will say you are approved. And when you study, you don't rely on your experience. Let me give you why this is very important. Many Christians, they live by their experiences, don't they? You say, how do you know that you're saved? Well, I remember that time when I felt really, really in love with God. Well, how do you know that feeling isn't true? How do you know that your feeling today is true and that feeling at that time is false? You can't prove to yourself that that's not the case. The only thing that you can say is, the word of God, this is what it says, this is what I believe. How do you know that? By studying. That's it. That's all you can, you can say. Secondly, by revelation, the divine teacher. How does one know that the information learned is the truth? Have you seen some people who read the Bible and believe what the Bible says? And then you read the Bible and you say, well, how can you believe what it says here? What's the difference? The difference is, that is the electrical currents that are running through the sound system that's creating that noise. Knowledge, my friends. Will help you not to be afraid. The Holy Spirit confirms in your heart what the truth is. The Holy Spirit's job is to confirm in your heart what differentiates you from a person who's reading the same Bible sitting next to you. They are reading everything and believing everything that they read, whilst you're sitting there and you say, I can't believe any of these things. The difference is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit in you confirming. 2 Corinthians 3 says God Also hath made us able minister of the New Testament, not by letter, but by, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Yes, study the Word of God, but you need the teacher. You need the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to make this Word real to you, that you would believe this. History is credible witness of the enduring Word of God. If ever you ever doubt it, look back in history. People have given their lives for this book. They died defending this book. They died to make this book available to you. Tyndale, William Tyndale. Think about Martin Luther. He was hidden away in a castle so that he can translate the Latin Bible into German so that the common people in the German can have the Bible and read for themselves. Look at history. You know that people lay down their life. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, you read and you don't understand? We need to read. We need to take seriously what we read and we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Number three, purification. The shape of truth. When we study the word of God, it purifies us by replacing falsehood with the truth. We are made up of lies and we are made up of sin. What the Bible does is it purifies us by giving us the truth. And when we see the truth, We reject falsehood, Lies. Ephesians 5, 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So the word of God, when you read it, whether you feel it or not, it matters not. But when you read the word of God, it purifies you, it cleanses you. It cleans out those things that are false in your life. Now think about the effect it has when it becomes part of your subconscious. It continually filters out all the lies that the devil brings into your life. So it is important that the word of God be part of you so that it can purify us. Christ is the embodiment of God's truth. The church is responsible for transmitting this truth. By demonstrating the truth of Jesus Christ, in casting down imaginations, your friends, you tell them about the Bible and what they tell you. Oh, you believe in that? those things that the church teaches? It's all lies. How do you counteract that? How do you explain that? The Word of God casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's what the Word of God does. And bring everything into captivity of Jesus Christ. I have never seen anyone who held on to the Word of God in history has been rejected by history. No one had held on to the Word of God is called a fool but everyone else who had rejected the Bible. One famous philosopher famously said, God is dead, but the latter part of his life, he was committed into a mental hospital. His sister took his writing, selectively take out parts that she thinks is beneficial to Nazi Germany. He became unwillingly the approved author of Hitler. Where is he now Uh, in the annals of history? The word of God stands. The Word of God is true. The Word of God will purify us, will cleanse us from this evil that the world, we take in every day. And I tell the young people to make your bed. And the response is, why? I'm going to jump in it tonight. Well, you don't have to brush your teeth then because you're going to eat later. You have to bathe then because then you have to take a shower again. We need to be purified every moment of our lives. We need the Word of God all the time. Otherwise, filth will build up, dirt will build up. You don't shake out all that filth. Who knows what is crawling under your blanket right now? My room is pretty clean. Some of you can attest to it. I know every single hair on the floor that I sleep. I see every single bug that is in the room. And I tell you, there are bugs everywhere. It doesn't matter how clean you are. You can't see it doesn't mean that they're not there. So make your bed, clean your teeth, take a shower, have the word of God purify you every day. Do you, you take a bath once every Sunday or you take a shower every day? Do you eat once every Sunday or you eat every day? You need nourishment every single day. Memorizing the map, 1 Timothy four fifteen through 16, let me read it to you. Meditate on these things, give thyself wholly to them. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. The doctrine of Christ leads the church toward the will of God. Studying the doctrine, the word of God and doctrine is different. Doctrine is what I'm doing right now. I'm telling you who Jesus is and how these things come together. Now you say, can you do that on your own? Yes, you can do that on your own. Are you doing it on your own? Are you even paying attention here? or you're thinking about your next gig that you need to do. Studying doctrine is like memorizing the map of the spiritual landscape. That's what doctrine is. We know the streets, we know the street sign, we know the corners of the street, but in order for you to know what the streets connect to, you need a, you need a map. And studying doctrine is like studying the map. You know what connects to where and where do things lead to. That's what studying the doctrine is the apostles tells Timothy study the doctrine because you need to teach a church because everyone is lost and if you know the map then you can point to the map and say this is where you are have you been in the mall and you're trying to find some place and you frantically searching to see that red dot that says you are here your starting point now you can orient yourself and figure out where you need to go whether you need to turn right or left whether it's in the second story or in the basement it's a map we need a map our spiritual life need a map, and that map is a doctrine of God. Continuing in the doctrine will help people to get out of this maze. We need to tell them where the kingdom of God is, and for you to do that, you need to study the doctrine so that you can say, this is the way to salvation. In doing this, you both save yourself because you know the map, and you save those that are under your care. So we need to study the doctrine. Otherwise, not only we're lost, but we're leading other people, especially if you are heads of households and you don't know the doctrine, you're leading your, your family into, this, into, well, I don't know where. And lastly, devotion, maturing in faith. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourish up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. This is what I'm trying to do here today. Remind you of what is the good doctrine, what you need to do, and how you should take your spiritual map that it becomes part of what you devote yourself to. That's what I devote myself to. As you study, your faith matures, allowing more profound knowledge of the mystery of God. The deeper you dig into the Word of God, the more God you know, and the less tired you become. The first time I try to run around this block, around this church, I couldn't finish it. It was so hard. And I thought I was going to die. Every day, I walk out that door. I think about I almost died. I didn't want to do it. But then I put one foot after another. And pretty soon, I start running around the block. And it's okay. I didn't die. Devotion. Dedication. First time you read You might be so bored in reading the Word of God the first time, even the second time, even even right now. But if you have devotion, if you have persistence, then you would get deeper into God. And once you get deeper into God, nobody can pull you out. You don't want to be out. You want to go deeper. You want to go further. You want to see more. Because now you have. Devotion to the truth not only shaped but formed the foundation of the Christian thought. Leading toward greater knowledge of the Son of God. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 3 7. I want to end with this. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I hope it doesn't describe any one of us. God knows that we try and we try, we learn, we open the Bible every day, but just nothing, nothing. It's hard. It's very hard. But it is not impossible. There are hindrances to your learning of the Bible. There are hindrances, but it is not impossible for you to do it. God says what's impossible to man is not impossible to God, if you are not deterred by failures. Remember the doses. Don't take in the whole chapter at once. Don't take in the whole verse at once. Try a word. Try a word. And tomorrow, try the next one. And tomorrow, maybe read to the next punctuation. Just take in a little bit at a time. Slowly, methodically, slow down. If you're diligent, it will happen. You will come to the knowledge of the truth, if you're diligent. Of course, if you're going to read, you're going to attempt to learn Romans 8, 39 verses, and you're going to sit down and you're going to do it one shot, unless you have a tremendous grace of memory, capability, I would be so discouraged. What I had to do was I had to memorize the words up to the first punctuation, and then I stopped. I keep repeating until I get to the entire chapter. Well, it only takes me three months, but I did it. If I could do it, you can do it. You can do it in much shorter time. If you see the importance, if you know that it will change your life, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have began in us, and I pray that as we meditate on the word of truth, as we meditate on the Lord Jesus Christ, the living Word, the Word that came from you, the Logos, the logic, everything that has any meaning is in you, is you. So I pray that as we study the Scripture and we learn to commit this into your memory, I pray that. Your word will change us. We change who we are, the way we think, the way we interact with people, and even our speeches, the words that we say will be changed and formed by you. I pray that we become a people who love your word. We become a people who memorize your word. We become a people who diligently seek your will in your word. And Holy Spirit, help us as we spend time in your word, as we spend time to study and to memorize and to understand the doctrine that we will grow and become effective ministers. And to the end, Lord God, that we will be saved, and to the end, that we will save others that hear us. And we thank you for those who are here today as we endeavor to come to the fuller knowledge of who you are and to be approved by you. I pray that you will cause us to be people of the Word of God who will show forth the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ through the things that we say and teach. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.